0: Holy oh, shit, is that
1: John Denver on the podcast? <laughs> I hope not. You on my
2: pillow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, just you on my pillow? Yep. Yep. All right.
4: This is the PC Perspective Podcast, episode 526, being recorded. Oh the camera.
5: All right, we're be good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> December
4: nineteenth, twenty eighteen. This is our holiday extravaganza, last show of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all drinking hard liquor, mm-hmm. well, Alan. We're, no, you're just drinking your. Pepper, uh, coke, I just got a coke. coke. All right, but most of us are well on our way to a fun evening.
6: Yep.
3: Well, oh, technically, yeah. it's the first show of the new year because it's New Year's Eve, everybody. And we're just how? Let's see what time is it? If you're on the East Coast, we're one hour and forty-eight minutes away from 2019. Counting as down. we record this,
5: With Dick Clark's head.
4: <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> uh, continuing to muddle through this introduction. Um, well, I guess we we're have just to... going
3: to throw Jim off as much as we possibly uh, can so tonight. That's the goal. I'm, I'm Jim.
4: Jim.
2: Hi. Who else is here? There's some more. Jeremy's here. Hi, Jeremy. Josh is here. Oh. Cheers, pre Halloween, Christmas thing, wh-
3: whatever. Oh, did you say? Did you say pre Halloween? Well, it, it is, is. before it Halloween. Is. Hi, I'm yes, it, it is pre. I'm also here. Yeah, so I Sebastian. don't have a drink. And yeah, for those who
4: are very happy are listening only, you're missing out. Sebastian's uh, quite well dressed this evening. He's quite
3: well endowed. Well, I didn't. You know I was looking I mean? for a Santa hat. I asked my wife for a Santa hat. She uh, had this scarf. She got you a toque. There you no. go. So I'm like, that's it's a, that's it's a, that's kind a of festive. Ruling. And then I grab one of my son's hats here because it's red. And we're ready to go.
4: But it works. It surprisingly works. And I'll give everyone a warning, too. If you're going to buy a cheap Santa hat on Amazon from a seller called A to Z Deals with a Z at the end of the deals. <laughs> I've heard of that. Note, uh, this is not one size fits all. I'm slowly reducing blood flow to my brain, which... Uh, we'll see how that oh,
6: goes. That be good, good in about half an hour. There, Jim, like,
4: you know, there's a lot. Not of so much anymore. Well, Cheers. I mean,
6: they might not all be working, but there's yeah. plenty of them. All
4: right. Well, uh, you can join us here at PCPro.com. Uh, we normally do it Wednesdays at 10. Um, like I said, though, this will be the last show of the year. Uh, we'll be back after the Christmas holiday. Um, and if you want to make sure you don't miss a show, you can go to our email subscription list at pcprcom slash subscribe, where you can uh, put your name and email in. And we use that just, oh, I forgot to do it again this week.
1: Send out the Did you do it? Nobody? No. Okay. I even tried to remind oh, you. Oh God. I mean, of course I did it. You gotta, um, set, you gotta set an alarm. Uh,
4: um, I did have an alarm, but I've been oh. I've been drinking. I it's not it's oh. not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> uh, we're gonna try. That's our New Year's resolution. Against to try. his
3: doctor's recommendation. It,
4: yeah. It's we're gonna try to uh remember to do that going into the new year and, and we just send that out to let you know when we go live normally. Um ignore Jim, the one.
3: Jim, Jim, Jim. Yes. I'm, the reason we, all, we got you here tonight, all of us together, you know, the AA meetings don't work if you don't go.
4: Well, hang on. Where's the A&E TV crew? This is Interventions, right? Do
3: you, look at all the cameras yeah, around you. don't you. drink come enough. On. You need to work on
7: this.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I need to improve, improve my yes. uh, alcoholism to uh, meet the minimum requirements of the Intervention Show.
7: Okay. All all right. Absolutely. You're not there And you are supposed good. to be our leader, so come on. Mm-hmm uh-huh. Lead
4: i'm working on it well ignore the rundown
3: podcast
4: um the we don't have a patreon this week i mean we do have the patreon up but we would like you to look at something else this week uh where i'm going to shamelessly beg you for money and that's for extra life uh if you don't know extra life is a uh, fundraiser it's been going on for like 10 years now i think and they uh have people pledge to uh do gaming marathons in support of the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And these are, uh, I think it's like 150 different hospitals throughout uh, the U.S. and Canada. Our Cincinnati Children's Hospital here is one of them. I know Sebastian's pledged to support uh, his local hospital. Uh, So you can uh, go on, donate, and all the proceeds go to helping uh, supply treatments and services for millions of sick kids uh, every year. And so it's a really great cause, and uh, we are trying to, We've never done this before. I've never done this as a uh, participant. I've I've pledged to other campaigns in the past. Uh, So we've got that up at pcper.com slash extra life. So please go there to check that out and uh, consider supporting us. And we don't have a date yet scheduled because everything's kind of crazy for the holiday. But we're going to get a date where we're going to have that 24-hour marathon. And we'll let you know and we'll have some fun and raise some money for a great cause. So, again, that's pcper.com slash extra life. And, uh, well, it feels kind of shameless now to talk about JoshTech.com, but, but I guess we'll mention it. Uh, Josh You is- know what?
3: The holidays are here. Yeah. And what if you need that last minute gift for that special someone, what could be better I'm Josh tech bug? I'm not sure. Wallprint wall print or well, you know what? Yes. Let's,
2: let's all take the dive into the pool of conspicuous consumption.
4: Yes, but I'm not nothing sure—
2: Nothing is more conspicuous than walking around in public in a Josh Tech shirt. It'll show how much consumption you are willing to take.
4: Uh, it will. It will. Uh, but I'm not sure that anything you order now will be guaranteed for Christmas delivery. In fact, I'm pretty sure— No, oh, yeah, probably there. not. So, so forget all that.
0: <laughs> just,
4: Christmas
1: order yourself a
0: Christmas gift. You, yeah.
6: you can order it if it shows up. Like you know, while you're away on vacation, and one of those notorious package thieves takes it, at least you rest assured that they'll eventually probably bring it back.
4: That excellent point. (laughs) See, we're thinking always of the silver lining here,
1: glitter not included.
4: All right, no, no, no glitter bombs. Let's let's try (laughs) to give these people some content this week, shall we? There's there's a decent list going here. I
1: know, but at this
4: rate, it's never gonna we're never gonna get to it. Um, Let's jump in. We got some reviews. Alan got a Samsung review for us this week, Samsung enterprise SSD, enterprise SSD roundup, a whole bunch of Samsung enterprise. SSDs.
6: Uh, so they sent me eight of them. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, also, I don't know what I was thinking, accepting eight of them because, you know, a round of enterprise tests takes, you know, a day or two on to get all the numbers you need. And, uh, you know, you multiply that by eight and, it, you know, needless to say, I've been sitting on these for a while, uh, just crunching away on the test bed. Um, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of uh, other comparison points to go off of because we don't do a lot of enterprise uh, storage testing. Mm-hmm. Um, but some interesting stuff in here. So basically they've launched, uh, these are channel SSDs. So I think we we touched on this last week. I think I think we kind of like mentioned it, or we mentioned it in the past at least when Samsung had an event in New York. They flew me out to it and they flew some of the other, the other sites out to, to it as well. And the big deal was, We always hear Samsung make these grandiose claims of, you know, Flash Memory Summit seems every year they have some announcement. Oh, now we can put 32 terabytes in one small two and a half inch SSD and this is going to be an enterprise thing. And then the next year they're like, oh, now we're stacking our NAND higher and 64 terabyte in one small package SSD. And it's like, oh, wow, these are all, you know, amazing things. And then they have like some PCI Express SSD parts that were supposed to be like super, super fast. But nobody could ever get them. Mm hmm right? This is really annoying when you, you, it it gets to the point where you can announce it all you want. It's almost like you're crying wolf because nobody can actually see it, test it, like outside of the couple of very large companies that are just on Samsung's shortlist of who gets these products, right? Um, So now finally, after many years, um, they've got to the point where they're putting enterprise SSDs into, into the channel. In other words, just like retail Mm -hmm. so you should be able to find these particular types of ssds sata uh m.2 nvme it's uh realize it's a little bit longer than your standard m.2 nvme it's a m.2 one um 22 110 because they're just there's a lot more on these things since they're enterprise they have more flash they have you know just need more space on the pcb um so we've got some of those uh realize the sata parts are meant for really Kind of like your more mass storage type of thing. They're SATA. They're not super fast. The idea is not to really hammer on them a lot, but just to use them for storage that's faster than hard drive storage. Sure. Right. uh You know, think just big array of these sitting in a server in place of ten or fifteen thousand RPM hard drives, basically, is what the, these would be displacing. uh However, we go all the way up to the Z SSD which is something that we have been hearing about for the past year or two. And this is using Samsung's ZNAND. It's not VNAND, even though it works the same. But it's basically Samsung's usual 3D NAND, just designed slightly differently. It runs in SLC mode. Actually, this one might run in MLC mode. I wasn't sure which version they were on for this particular product, actually. Um, But the idea is uh, they've managed to get their own NAND to respond Way faster than it used to respond in like your typical client, you know, consumer SSDs like your 970s and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Uh, we can just kind of bounce around this. There's no sense going through every single part of this, okay? But uh, the long and short of it is uh, probably for the 883 series, which is SATA, the 983 uh, U.2 and M.2s, which are NVMe PCI Express, those are all NAND products. Um, I focused on quality of service and what their specs were and how the product behaved compared to their specs. For the most part, met or exceeded the specs pretty much across the board on all these things. No surprises. Um, The numbers themselves are actually very good if you were to try to compare them against any other quality of service or latency specs for any other enterprise products. Um, Samsung has always been really good at this. It's just that it's always been on paper as far as the reviewers have been able to discuss. So now we're actually able to you know, do they meet their claims? And the answer is pretty much a resounding yes. Okay. They, they meet their claims. Um, so if you're, you know, in the market for small or large scale sort of, you know, NAND flash in some form or form factor, uh, they probably have it covered and it'll probably do well. Um, a
4: lot of charts
6: in this article.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, was, uh, are those
6: X's off the charts. The X's are off the charts because I didn't want to increase the scale so that, I'm trying to keep the lines spread out somewhat so you can read them easily, but then I had to keep the scale the same for all the parts so you can compare against them if you were trying to.
1: So what are the X's representing there? uh, So that chart
6: is showing uh, latency in number of nines on the right side. And then like the average is the 50% point, which is the second one over. And then 1% is like, you know, the bottom 1% latency. Um, But the idea is uh, enterprise customers, they're running databases. They're typically very sensitive to uh, what are going to be the longest requests that I see and how often am I going to see them. And that's, tra- that's in enterprise parlance, that's uh, referred to in number of nines. So in other words, if you look at, say, the four nines on that chart where it's 99.99%, that means that the slowest requests will be, you know everything, uh, 99.99% of the requests will be faster than that number. Okay. Right. So the idea is as you increase the number of nines, you're becoming more and more restrictive on how many of those requests can be slower than whatever that number is, right? Uh, and there, and on that chart, Jim is showing is the, those lines should be below the Xs of the same color. So pretty much... It's good there. the The blue line, the the blue X's are actually relating to the very bottom blue line, the Q depth one
3: line. And the and the green X's are part part of the product name. So this is the X eight eight three DCT three
6: point four three point four terabyte X to yes. the X
4: power TBX
6: to the, to the X
3: power. So. Yes, um, is it pronounced X or ten or chai? <laughs> is that yeah, yes, yes. Okay. um all right i'm I'm. I'm taking notes
6: also interesting i mean that's like a nearly four terabyte you know sat apart there uh mm-hmm. so real easy to get a lot of nand storage into you know especially if you have a old chassis, be it SAS or SATA, that has some sort of an array functionality to it, you can get a lot of flash in there, you know.
4: Sure. Now, you, uh, you said those, these are finally into the channel where anyone can really go buy them. But yes. who's going to, who, who that couldn't get this before through their direct dealings with Samsung is going to buy this? Who would want to buy
6: this? Any form of small business or yeah. any, or even some of the larger OEMs, like not just larger businesses that were, might not have been large enough. Because okay. I mean, we're talking like, it might've been like, Dell and like one other big player or something like that. Nobody knows exactly who the companies were, but you're, you're talking, you have to think like super high scale and they were only working with one or two of these extremely large companies. Sure. Okay. You know, maybe Amazon was one of them. We're talking like that scale, right? So that pretty much precludes it from anybody else, right? Because they were only working with these very limited number of partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's at the point where, you know, if you have a need, if you have a database server, and you need some storage for it, and you want storage that's rated to, you know, do well in that sort of a 24-7, you know, kind of like a high workload sort of thing, right? I uh, remember these these products are are rated to handle 4K random access across the whole span of the disk, which is not going to be what you get for any sort of a a consumer-grade SSD, mm-hmm. right? So these are going to have things like, Additional over provisioning, you know, there's going to that's a that's a nearly four terabyte capacity, but the amount of flash on it is probably a decent amount more than that. It might have like say twenty percent more installed flash, um, you know, just to be able to handle, uh, you know, ha- handle a good amount of performance consistently with a very some very good quality of service numbers, and to do it with, you know, in what I would consider like the worst case possible scenario for how you're how you're loading it down okay right
4: and what do you got to pay for that
6: most of these parts that most of the NAND parts are running around 35 cents a gig okay which is r- really pretty that's, you that's
2: know. not horrific yeah for that's,
6: enterprise type yeah no. that's pretty good for enterprise parts um especially if you go all the way to the m.2 nvme or the u.2 nvme parts usually you're paying a decent premium for nvme over sata and it's not that big of a swing Actually, the prices are, if you scroll down a little bit more, ah. um, you know, you, you end up going from like $0.33, $0.34 cents a gig for the SATA stuff to about $0.37 cents a gig for the, you know, for the NVMe stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Those
6: 983ZETs are a little... Yes. Okay. So the 983ZET... And then the P4800X. Well, right. I included that for comparison because it's that's what the ZET drive is supposed to be competing against. Um, and... This is the ZSSD. This is Samsung's solution, or at least attempted solution, uh, to compete with Optane from Intel. Now, granted, it's not as fast as Optane, uh, but it's close. Um, and if you go to, I think it's like, I would just go to the performance comparisons page there, a second from the last page. Um, so we're going to look at kind of like little, a few little bits and pieces of like quality of service. So this is a quality of service plot. Uh, it's showing it's a high resolution form of it's like derived from IO percentile data. Uh, so it's sort of like latency percentile, but it's for quality of service. So the number of nines is now vertical on the, okay. on the axis there. The idea is you want to be to the left. The, the, the further to the left you are, the quicker you are. And the more vertical you are, the more consistent you are, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Optane is orange on this chart. And you'll notice that while Optane is faster for more of the time, like 90%. That's a really
2: interesting plateau in the middle of that.
6: Yeah, so Optane kind of takes a corner at the 99% point. So 1% of the requests from Optane are actually on the other side of the ZSSD, right? Um. So as long as you're okay with the, uh, you know, it depends on, it's going to depend on what your requirements are, right? But here's one thing to consider. The fact that the ZSSD is to the left at all compared to the Optane Drive is surprising because this is flash memory versus 3D cross point memory, mm-hmm. which is known to be way faster than the flash, right? Um, so that's pretty impressive. But if you look at the IOPS, which is actually in the legend there, uh, you know, ZSSD can only handle roughly half of, of the performance. You know, if you were trying to think of in terms of like average performance, you're like a half to a third when you, when you do this, you know, when you shift over to flash memory, but obtain usually is like 10 times faster than NAND stuff. So the fact that you're, you're not 10 X anymore, you're compared to this drive. Like this actually cuts it by a significant margin and as a much faster product. Mm -hmm. Um, If you uh, next chart down is when you start doing a mixed workload. Now we start seeing, flash has its limits regardless of how fast you make it right so the optane part is just faster regardless uh compared to either one of the two capacities of the, of the zssd right it just can't it's like a waterfall of results yeah man <laughs> uh if you go to do writes um you can tell something else here and that is uh we're showing q depth one two and four on these charts and you can tell that the zssd both capacities, the each capacity or each of the two performs very similarly, you know, uh, compared with each other. Uh, but if you see every time you double the queue depth, the latency shifts over by the same amount, which is actually doubling. Mm-hmm. In in these charts, that means that if you're writing a queue depth one, if you give it any more workload than that, it just it doesn't go any faster. So the latency doubles, right? And it's a, it's a very strong indicator of that. If you, see a ch- if you see a chart, do that. So what that tells us is that it can, as long as you're not loading it heavily, it can be surprisingly close to Optane. But as soon as you stack more than one request at a time on it, you've now exceeded its ability to, to scale up and go any faster. Mm-hmm. Things just take longer instead. Sure. Right?
4: Um, but that, that disadvantage is reflected in its pricing.
6: Yes, that's the thing you have to you have to tailor. Looking at all of this, with actually, if you scroll down a few more charts, you can go past like the you go to like the last chart there. Your charts
2: look so much like Christmas tree lights.
6: Sorry, it's um, Christmas. This is a new one, isn't it? No, I've shown it in Optane reviews before. Uh, so this is uh, a write pressure test. So the idea is you're testing the latency of random reads. You're only asking for one read at a time. Okay, so it's just queue depth one and you're just seeing how long do those take? And that's kind of a light workload, you're not stacking anything on it or anything like that. But in parallel with that, you as you go from left to right, you're increasing the amount of random writes that are going on in the background. Okay? So you're kind of like adding background load to it while you're trying to see how quickly you can read from it. Okay? And then what's being plotted is the latency of those reads. So the lower, the better. Uh, And the further to the right you can go means that the drive was able to handle faster and faster incoming writes. And of course, the latency of the reads is going to climb because you're kind of loading the drive down, right?
5: Um, This graph looks a lot more what I expected, Optane versus traditional.
6: Yes, so traditional NAND will usually be even higher on the left edge of this chart. Usually NAND will start 50, 60, just depending, Mm. uh, you know, as far as the the read latency. Um, But here we see, you know, I mean, this is within 2x of Mm. Optane, which is phenomenal for for Flash. Uh, But the catch is, as soon as you put any load on it, that latency immediately starts climbing because now the flash is trying to do writes at the same time it's trying to do random reads and things are just going to go slower, right? Um, and notice those lines kind of end pretty quickly as for the two uh, ZET drives. Uh, and that's because they just can't go faster than like 100,000 IOPS for random writes. They're, it's not even, they're not even rated to do it. Uh, so the criteria for the, the plot to end on these is if the drive didn't go the speed that we were trying to make it go for the random rights. If it doesn't meet that, we don't plot the latency anymore because it just, it basically didn't pass the test beyond that point. Right. But this is where Optane kind of shows the, you know, the worth of the money, right? Because it's able to go all the way up to uh, greater than 2.2 gigabytes per second worth of 4K random writes and is still able to do random reads faster than like NAND would do random reads, typically. i just trying to imagine
7: the system that would make use of that. That's insane.
6: Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the point in the middle of the chart, which is uh, at like 1.2 gig per second, if you're writing to it at 1.2 gig per second, which is 300,000 random write IOPS in the background, uh, its latency is still faster than the ZSSD's latency. If the Z SSD had zero load on it. So it's just, you know, that's just Optane showing its colors, right? That's just one thing that Optane stuff has been really good at, but going back to the pricing, right? Which was back on that next page. um, you know, if if you want to spend uh, around three dollars per gig, you get Optane. Now, granted, when Optane launched, it was it was higher. Optane was more like what was it like five five bucks a gig ish, something like that. Uh, when the P forty eight hundred X launched, um, so the Z SSD is two dollars and fifty cents a gig compared to around three dollars a gig for P forty eight hundred X. Now, as I was looking at the results, I hadn't looked at the current street price for uh, for the Optane part, uh, and I was kind of expecting the ZSSD to be like to be able to make a better argument, like you know the performance does these weird things, but it costs half as much as Optane.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: but it's not half as much, right? Um, maybe that price will come down somewhat on on the on the ZET drive uh, to better compete. But as it sits currently the price seems kind of high. Maybe Intel dropped the price of their P4800X in response to the fact that this other SSD even exists. Mm-hmm. That might be the reason that the price has come down for the for the Intel part. So, you know, just things to consider. Um, yeah, but overall, you know, impressive showing. Good to see enterprise parts actually materialize out of Samsung in a, in a way that you can, you know, get your hands on. And uh, that's pretty much all there is to
4: say. It was good stuff. You probably know if you need it though. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, and and that's why the the charts are kind of confusing to read for just, if you're just a guy that's usually buying SSDs for your mom's laptop and whatnot, like you're probably going to, you're probably going to glaze over trying to read those charts, but the enterprise customers or the guys that have databases that they have specific workloads and specific needs, they know what to look for on those charts. They know, they know what column they're looking for. They know what performance they expect. Um, so that's why, you know. Unfortunately, for these reviews, we we can only uh, try to laymanize the mm-hmm. <laughs> the information so so much. Otherwise, it will bore the crap out of the the actual customers of who. And how many charges did
4: you say you had in that? We put together. was like, it together. It's it was like fifty fifty right? something. No, well, no, okay. it's,
6: it started with over a hundred, and I was okay. I was just like, no, I have to, I have to like pare this down. So I ended up not including some of the other data that we've included in the past, or at least figured out a way to distill it into you know merge more than one thing on on the same chart sure yeah
4: well if if you if you need a drive like that uh check out the full review uh pc per allen's got uh pages and pages of all the good stuff and he's very receptive to tweets and emails asking for additional information yep. so please send all your questions uh to uh com slash malventano
1: yes yeah Happy all right. to help. Th- that wasn't even 20 minutes what the hell you need to go on way longer sorry <laughs> This is enterprise. This is like five enterprise SSDs. I didn't, you disappoint me. It's, it's,
6: it's eight enterprise SSDs.
3: Uh,
1: Sorry,
6: we saving we it up for the people. Can,
3: can we go back to some of those screenshots and just leave them on the screen while you uh, while you play guitar? Explain things more. No, no. There's there's SSDs and, and they're they're standing on a table. They're standing. I mean, some of them are laying on the table. Yes, that's true. Some and of them they are, want to break free. Some of them were lazy. Some of them were. More I mean, upstanding. I appreciate the aesthetics of that shot though. I like how you reversed the rear SSD so it was more um symmetrical yeah, with the yeah, uh yeah. I like the, the use uh, of mounting space
2: in this composition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that are
3: you right.
5: is the horizon Sebastian crooked? The horizon is the, e, Yes, the back. it is. <laughs> be nice, Jim.
6: I'm
4: just trying to <laughs> be the
6: horizon nice. is crooked due to the way I was uh I was standing at a slight angle. Yeah. Yes, that's generally how that happens. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually actually, wait i there might have been perfectly straight because if you look at the left edge of that table back there the paper starts to slope don't, off because don't blame it's, the table it's hanging yeah. off the edge of the table The mm-hmm. table so, didn't do anything Don't blame sorry. the table for your shoddy workmanship what did the table ever do to you sorry sebastian i did not have uh i did not purchase a table
3: Alan, it's called photoshop just get rid of the line
6: yeah I, could Whoa. Have, but I
3: just you know oh it needs the horizon though sorry sorry it, d- it does you're, it you're right it gives it a sense of depth Yes. It does. Yes. It, it takes me to a place that I didn't think SSDs could take me. <laughs> but three bucks a gig, you'd hope. Know. You guys are going to stretch yourself <laughs> to a whole hour, aren't you? <laughs> yep.
4: All right. Well, uh, let's
2: talk more about
0: the
4: You know, Voke it's already in
2: 840 shot. in my time.
4: Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's have Sebastian sing us a review of a very impressive um, Scythe Ninja 5. It's like a, a break of cool. fans. Holy crap.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Look at this. Look at this thing. What it kind of instrument in is that? That is... What is what?
1: What kind of instrument is that? It's I guess you could strum it. it. It's, it's an automated golf. Golf. Or
3: Actually, it's a... It's
1: an accordion. Jim, I'm going to need you to fix board. that in post. Oh. It needs to be like a harp. Oh, okay. I was thinking Something, more yeah, like, like a
4: banjo, but... Yeah. yeah, there you go.
1: Sounds like a
6: really, really crappy watchboard
3: Yes. So this is the Ninja Five, and at first glance, this looks a lot bigger than the previous Ninja. But uh, according to the specs and comparing them side by side, this is actually exactly the same big square heat sink. It's 130 millimeters by 130 millimeters.
6: Have any of us seen a heat sink larger than this before?
3: I mean, that's glory. That's, that's, that's for, bigger for than One 15. unit. Like if you look at the top of it, it it's kind of like a semi quad thing but it's it's all connected so usually heat sinks this big you're you're dealing with dual towers and they're only connected by the heat pipes this is all one big unit it has six big heat pipes on it i mean from side to side man this is a pretty girthy seven inches of cooler right here yeah dual one hundred and twenty millimeter fans uh the previous ninja i didn't want to make this like a straight up ninja four to five thing the The previous ninja had just one fan and it had a switch on it. It could go low medium high and basically in testing this, these fans max out at eight hundred r p m they're very low speed very quiet fans they're p w m fans this time, no switch control, and because of that. Two fans, 800 RPM is actually about the same as the old, uh, single fan Ninja four, which max out at closer to 1500 RPMs with its single fan. So they both have about the same cooling capacity, but this one is able to use lower fan speeds. You can be very uh, conservative with your fan profile if you want to and make these almost completely silent and still move enough air to, uh, have a cooler like this, if you're looking at the graph it it with a very conservative fan profile that I use for all this cooler testing, still comes very close to the performance of the h one hundred i pro that's a two hundred and forty millimeter liquid cooler on its extreme preset that's with the pump running at full r p m s and the fans running with a very aggressive fan profile mm-hmm. and the Ninja five is still able to move enough air. It just quietly goes about its business and is one of the best air coolers that I've tested to date. Uh, the noise of some of these uh, newer liquid coolers, though, is very impressive. So the Ninja Five is actually kind of like middle of the pack, just with this small group of three here. Mm-hmm. So uh, are all of the fins? Still, I mean, are all the fins in the center that? of that black anodized, or is it just
6: the top and the mm, bottom?
3: Just the top. Just the top.
6: It was hard to tell from the pictures.
3: Yeah. So it's, I mean, we're talking somewhere around 33 decibels was the loudest uh, recorded at full load with both fans going at 800 RPM. So it's very quiet. And while I've recorded lower noise levels from the Ninja 4 and the older Noctua nhd 14 with my current setup and the fact that I, no matter what I did, I could not get anything lower than 31.4 DBA on my sound pressure meter. This is basically inaudible in the room. Like everything here was shut down. I had every electronic device in the house turned off and I still had 31.4 and it was barely registering. Like I got like a tick over that at, at idle and then only went up, about a decibel, a decibel and a half under full load. So this thing is inaudible with anything else running. It you won't be able to hear it over like your GPU idle fan. It's so quiet, even under load. So great option if you have the space for it. My my point in the review and what I I think about like big air coolers typically are going to give you better performance per dollar than a liquid cooler. And if you have something with a surface area this big you're generally going to get as good, if not better performance than even like 240, 280 millimeter liquid coolers. It's just implementation. Like, do you have 160 plus millimeters of height and basically seven inches of width on your system? And then this will interfere with tall memory, too. So if you have tall RAM modules, you're going to have to raise up the back fan quite a bit or even omit it if they're that tall. This doesn't quite uh, interfere uh with the heat sink, like against your memory, but the fan definitely does get in the way. Like in the review, there's a picture where the fan is basically sitting on top of standard height uh, DDR4 DIMMs. So hmm. anything with a heat sink at all, you're going to have to move that fan. I, I guess so you that's, probably, that's a consideration.
1: I guess you probably don't have a rear a case fan if you have this installed because it's probably about reaching that mounting point. I've, you could probably just get rid of the rear it, case.
3: Yeah, it comes really close. Like, okay, and my yeah, board is kind of, of a, piece, the, I, you, know, a
5: of space. you could fit one in. You know. Yeah, yeah. With, with my N fifteen S, it put the that front case fan there was right above the memory slots. And it has the detent on it, and it looks like this one's front to back a little bit longer, but top to bottom it's a little bit narrower. Hmm the n15 because i know that it was it was from the top of the motherboard right down to that first pci slot and this looks like a whole lot cleaner than it yeah. which is a good thing because i think
3: it was huge imagine this on an itx board <laughs> it would be so I, I i want to i want to <laughs> put it on an ITX board. i didn't have time uh one interesting thing about this that i'll throw out there that's I don't remember if I covered it in the review or not. The mounting mechanism for this, they've slightly revised it. And I always thought that Scythe was like just behind Noctua for like the quality of their mounting mechanism, but it felt more secure, if that makes any sense. Like when you tighten these down, you have so much extra. Like you can keep going until you basically buckle your board. You can put as much force against your CPU as you want to, where Noctua's kind of back themselves off and have a spring. And while this has a spring, you can just keep going and going, and it, it basically has so much force that I wonder if that's one of the reasons that it, it does provide such good cooling. And the Ninja 4 before it, this mounting mechanism seems to do a really good job with even just a moderate amount of thermal paste of so making a really good solid connection. But the interesting thing about this is if you've used a Noctua, the Secu Firm 2 mounting system, or you've used a side mounting system, they have these little plastic. Big black washers that go over the the mounting screws that are on the back bracket, and you have to kind of like hold the back bracket in place or set the board board down on top of the bracket, and then the the washers just sort of lay over that. And then you have to put the bracket on, you have to screw it on, and if you're doing it vertically, then you half the time you drop the bracket behind the motherboard. (laughs) The if you're me, the I've been there and done that. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. The the washers that come with this are rubber-lined, so as soon as you push them over the screws, it is, they hold the back bracket in place, Smart. and everything is just wow. in place, so you're actually done mounting everything. It was just like a little thing, but it made it twice as fast to actually install the thing. So I really like that, and apparently that's their new mounting system, so all of their newer coolers are going to have it. And then out of the box, this thing does support uh, AM4, that's standard now before you had to get their optional M4 bracket. So it it's a really good uh product. Uh I haven't seen it listed anywhere. PC Part Picker didn't have anything. It was on Amazon and it was no listing at all on Newegg. Uh one of the commenters did point out that at a store in the Netherlands, uh one of the bigger like cooling stores online had it for 45 euros. So that's well below the MSRP that I had which was 79.99 which is a little, it's, it's fair considering you're getting similar results to one of the bigger Noctua coolers for about $10 less. But if it ends up being that aggressively priced here, it'll be a steal. Right, right now, the Ninja 4s are on clearance. Scythe USA has a sale through Newegg, and Newegg is shipping. It's $35 for the Ninja 4. So that's, I mean, that's such an amazing cooler for $35. It's a no-brainer. And then the AM4 mounting kit is only five fifty. dollars So 40 bucks, a little over 40 bucks with free shipping, you can get a tremendous cooler. This one will be taking its place like that sale will be over by the end of this month and they'll be gone. But I expect to see this one on the market somewhere between 50 and 60 dollars US and that'll be a really good deal for what you're getting for a big dual fan cooler that can handle virtually any modern CPU and do it as efficiently as even a larger liquid cooler.
4: All right, great. So just, uh, if you can, well, if you can find those $35 Ninja 4s, though, that's the good That's the good value now, but
3: wait. Yeah, Newegg has them right now in stock in the U.S., that's a steal. Uh, I mean, we're talking like $5 more than a Hyper 212 Evo for a cooler that beats almost everything I've ever tested it against. But,
4: yeah, yeah. keep
6: awesome. your
3: eyes open for the Ninja 5 when it shows up in stores.
4: Great. Um Next up, we got a power supply review from Lee. It's the Corsair Platinum Series SFX power supplies. Uh, He got in both the 450 and 600-watt models. Uh, The testing he did, though, was focused, the detailed testing was on the uh, 600-watt variant, and he gave it uh, very excellent reviews. It's a fully modular, platinum-rated power supply, 92-millimeter fan, um, but it has a quiet mode, a zero RPM mode, so you're not going to hear it uh, at all until you, you reach a, a good load. And even then, he said it's very quiet. Um, individually sleeved cables that come with it. So uh, good there. It, it uh, surpassed all of its uh, platinum efficiency ratings. And the pricing, too, uh, is not bad for an SFX powered by high quality, fully modular supply uh, MSRP on the 450s 120. Uh, and on the 600 watt, it's 150. Uh, he did note one thing though. Um, short cables. Yes. It, this could be good or bad. I mean, if you get those SFX supplies, sometimes the cables are too long and you have to buy a special short kit or make your own if you're so adventurous. Uh, but this comes with them. It comes with short cables out of the box. So as long as that's going to suit your case, uh, great. And if not, just, just plan for it and, you know, pick up an additional, uh, standard length set, uh, when you can. And look like at they're, those. They're
6: individually sleeved. Yeah. It's yeah. very oh, nice. Yeah. they're sleeved, and that's, you know, it, they're separate, separate wires that individually. That are sleeved, yep. Right. So you can, you'll be able to, even if they were a little bit longer than what you needed, you, you'll you be able to more easily kind of like wrap those around and tuck them in, you know, out of well, the way place. And I mean,
1: if you got, if you had a pin tool, you could cut them to length because they're individually you sleeved. You could. Like you could. If you, you got had you a down tool down. to pull like those it out. Like it wouldn't be the most difficult thing in the world to, modify those cables if you need right. if you want to.
6: Yeah, you're already 90% of the way there just yeah. having all the stuff you just need. You might need some more uh might need some more crimp. Pins. So, so yeah.
5: how many people actually tear apart their power supply cables and the, you'd be, them? You'd um, be surprised. you want the ultimate build, Alex. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just wanted
4: to find the uh here we go, the, the port selection, uh the the power uh yeah. power, power ports is that the right word? Power cable Sure the the thing can
3: modular uh whatever yeah, connections modular connectors so yeah. probably
4: sufficient for that's sufficient for uh, most uh, for us an sfx yeah. system at this wattage but you got your your 24 pin you've got hey, three hey, what's
2: the, what's that video card that had 3 8 pin
1: oh it was amd like um i mean several R9, of the 295 cards too
2: you know. yeah yeah 295x2
6: i think
1: yeah but you can yeah. get like well, there's third-party 10 ATIs that have three, probably.
5: Sure. Yeah. But
6: yeah. you don't need... Well, okay, so you can get cables that have... That split yeah. into two. Well,
1: I, I don't think those. you're going to need one of those GPUs in, a, in an ITX system. Let's just put it that way. No. Yeah. 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 no. It's going to be hard to want fit. One.
2: Yeah. Because you're, you're going to be taking power away from your CPU.
4: Yeah. And if you're going with an overkill card like that, you're probably going to have a power-hungry <laughs> CPU, too. So... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that you could do, uh, as Alan was saying, you know, you don't need a dedicated 8-pin. You got the split 8 and, eight and 6 2s. Yeah, there's um, one that's
6: a, it's an 8-pin on one end, and it's a pair of 6 2s yeah. on the other end. Usually. And so
4: you could do an SLI setup, uh, depending on the rest of your requirements. But, you know, it, it could be better, but not great. Or not yeah. terrible, I mean, I should say, for yeah. the power, sp- or the port. Again, port and one of those, sound right, port selection. And one of
6: those is meant for your 4-pin
2: to the CPU. Yeah, you need one well, for the CPU, so. yeah. yeah.
4: At yeah. least, at least one. But it's I, guess small form SFX board, I mean, gonna, how many people are going to uh, have
2: SLI or crossfired Small form factor. Yeah. Very, very few. You've got one PCI slot anyway. So what are you going to do? Yeah.
4: I guess that's true. Yeah. If you're using the, the ITX boards. All right. Well, check that out. It's uh, the uh, was the exact model name again. It's the uh, Corsair Platinum Series SFX uh, 450 and 600 watt power supplies.
2: You know, I, I've got to admit. Corsair is one of the better companies in speccing out their products. I mean they don't actually produce their power supplies they they hand out the designs to other you know manufacturers but boy they they have pretty good quality control and pretty good designs i mean they That's one area that they have really excelled in the past five years since they entered it
4: absolutely. And I apologize, I, had, I didn't realize we had this extra review from Alan also in the system, so I had to bring that up here. Oh, but sorry. We've got another one, folks, although this one's a little more consumer-friendly. It
6: is, very consumer-friendly.
4: It's a Crucial P1 500 gigabyte and 1 terabyte M.2 NVMe reviews. It's more QLC.
6: Yeah, yeah. So I remember the Intel uh, 660p that came out a couple months ago that was uh, nearly identical to this. Um, so Intel and Micron are still... You know, it hasn't been called off yet, but they're still jointly making. So flash. they're still
3: they're still friendly. Uh, they're still
6: they're still friendly. This is probably Are one of the last uh, joint. Bedfellows. They're they're friends with benefits. Yeah, maybe. At least as far as the you know the fab goes. Um yeah. it's so fab. It's so fab. Uh, so four bit per cell flash. <laughs> uh, so memory. one
2: one drunk engineer calls the other in the middle of the night. So yeah, yeah for laying down some. Metal layers. Some some wafers. Tonight.
3: Yeah, and some wafers. It's like, well, you Come know on. I have to keep this fab at full capacity. You want
6: to spin my wafer? Yields are gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good thing. Doesn't matter. All right. So um Q L C flash, it runs in either uh, you know, four percent or it runs it can run in an SLC mode, which gives you a dynamic cache. Um same way that the 660p worked except even though the flash is the same and the controller is the same, it's very much down to firmware differences between those two products. So whenever you see differences in performance here, going through these charts, it's pretty much due to firmware and how the drives are tuned. Um, so overall the, the crucial part, the P1 tends to run slower than pretty much anybody, including the Intel 660p. Um, so it's it's on the low side, especially for low-q-depth random reads, which we're usually kind of sensitive to because that's what shows you kind of like what the how the system feels with this. Now, granted, it's not horrible. It's just on the low side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sequential performance, pretty much where we would expect it to be. No real surprises there. Um, and we have some mixed workload. If you look at the one-terabyte drive during the mixed workload test, it performs competitive with the other drives. However, the half-a-terabyte model looked a little odd. And then if you go to the next chart there, which counts up the total amount of read service time, uh, the half a terabyte models 500 gig. Again, what the heck is that? It's like two to three X longer uh, to do some of this stuff compared to even the one terabyte model of the same product, which seemed odd. So here's another chart that's been in the suite the whole time, but I never have used it for a review because I've never had to before. This is the breakdown of where that that bar came from, um, which is to say the mixed burst test actually runs six passes during the suite while well, while the test suite is running. Um, same, t- same workload, just six different times. Uh, each pair is with the drive filled to a different amount. So the drive is mostly empty for the first two, it's half full for the middle two, and then it's m- mostly full for the right two. And you notice... As soon as the drive was all the way full, and you hit it with this workload, uh, it didn't like it. Not one bit. Um, so the performance really, really fell off. What I suspect happened, and this was very repeatable, uh, I, I reran the test three times on the 500-gig drive just to see, like, you know, if maybe it was going to do something different. Never behaved any, any differently. Um, turns out, this test is run not too long after the drive has been filled to whatever the next capacity is um so since the drive does dynamic caching and it basically can shift around it can have more of its media acting as a cache and then as you fill it it has to shift that around and make it so that you clear up more space so then the you know then you'll have less cache that's possible but you'll have more qlc flash to store all the extra bits that you were just trying to put on the drive right um what I suspect is happening here is the drive is in the middle of trying to empty some some more space and to basically like, you know, re- reduce the cache further, increase the amount of uh, available bulk capacity that's there so that you're able to fill the drive all the way. Mm-hmm. I stopped short, like 16 gigs short of filling it, but if you push an SSD that far and it was trying to do dynamic caching, it has to do some work, mm-hmm. right? So what we're doing is this workload happens to be applied while the SSD is trying to basically correct itself for the for uh, our suite having just dumped another 200 gig worth of data on it in a relatively short amount of time. So it's kind of an edge case, uh, and also you really, if you're buying the smallest capacity drive of this, you're probably putting it in like your mom's computer, and she's probably not putting 500 gigabytes worth of stuff on it.
4: I just want to point to out that twice in this episode you've disparaged moms. You know? The parents, there could be some tech savvy moms, moms out
6: there. Moms eat SSDs too. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing: the only family member I have left on the immediate family side is my mother-in-law. So I always just that's how it equates in my head with I have to fix my mom's computer. No, sure. But
4: I just, right? We should we should clarify that there are many moms who are very tech savvy. Uh, also true. Also true. I don't want to end up in a hashtag here.
6: Basically, if you're just building a computer for somebody, you know, and they're just checking email and just doing stuff with it, it's relatively simple. They're probably not going to fill it all the way anyway. And if they do, they're probably not going to immediately run a mixed workload on it
3: right after they just put 200 gig worth of stuff on it, right? You Um, know, on this subject, I just have to say that moms um, need SSDs. And here's why. My mom's laptop, she's dropped this thing, I want to say, three times in the last couple of years. Yeah, where there's no actual damage. Well, okay, one time she broke the screen. I replaced that for her. But every time she drops it while she's using it, she kills the hard drive. I've had to replace two spinning hard drives in this thing. It's just the next time it's getting an SSD because at least that way, there's one less thing for me to replace the next time it gets dropped yeah. off of the side of her easy chair. Yeah.
6: Turns out record players don't do well in flight. <laughs> Just saying.
3: Oh, that hard drive is basically record player.
6: Well, hey,
0: if the um, tracking
3: force is strong enough, yeah, well, I mean, you don't have a record like 20 grams. What if it's going at 75
2: that? RPM and you throw it perpendicular to the surface of the earth at 85 feet per second? <laughs> then it would go anyway. It orbit. depends on where the arm is. And yeah, anyway, okay. So
6: now we've established we've got this part from Crucial, it does performs less so than the equivalent part from Intel, but the hardware is the same. So clearly there has to be some kind of gains that were made here from that sacrifice. Uh, And that sacrifice has shown full force on the caching test. These are the best results I've ever seen come out of the caching test or any similar caching test that we've run ever uh, in that the drive never runs at a speed other than SLC. Mm -hmm. This is the one, that's the one terabyte drive. Go down to the next chart. That's the half a terabyte drive. These tests are run with the drive half full. You know, for the half a a terabyte drive. Well, that's
2: uh, if you're an optimist.
6: Well, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's
2: half useless.
6: So, uh, you know, you're, you're able to throw repeatedly again and again. You can throw 50 gigabytes worth of data at this thing over a course of 60 seconds. And even if you only gave it six or three seconds of a break between two of those passes it's still going the full slc speed immediately after so it's doing pretty darn good there um i actually have a link in the paragraph below it which goes straight to the page from the 660p review and if you scroll down to the three charts down there that's the cash test of the 660p
4: oh ugly huh so
6: while it was able to go full speed it was occasionally going the, at the bulk media speed, which for that drive was around like 50 mic- per second or something like that, 50 or 60 mic- per second, I think. So, uh, and even the Intel drive was doing that kind of inconsistently. It was going slow at the, towards the beginning of each pass as if it was trying to do some, some sort of, we were catching it off guard and like it had to go, oh, wait, you actually wanted to write to me at full speed? Okay, let me stop doing what I was doing in the background and, and give you full speed. That's kind of like how it was behaving. I it think um, like it's
4: got a bad attitude.
6: It's, it's it's how it behaved, right? Usually, it's the opposite for a cache test. Usually, you get full speed, and then it runs out of cache, mm-hmm. and then it falls down, right? And it goes down to whatever the slow speed is. So, just you know, that is a night and day difference between two parts of the same hardware. Again, really, just down to how Crucial decided to tune the firmware. And uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, I don't. I think the, the I think those minor sacrifices were, were probably worth it because this. Kind of puts this part even further into like an enthusiast, you know, kind of drive. As long as you don't fill it all the way in, get the smallest one. Uh, if you're if you were a person that was worried about not having enough cash on a drive or the cash not lasting long enough, or say you occasionally do copy large things over to it, it looks like this drive will handle that better uh, than the equivalent, you know, the only other uh, QLC SSD that we've tested. So, uh, and the price. Not bad, 17, 18 cents a gig. Wow. Um, You know, for a decent performing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's straight from, that's not even looking at sale prices. That's straight from Crucial's own website because they do direct sales also. You might be able to find this for cheaper elsewhere. Um, So those, I mean, those are good prices. They're supposed to be a two terabyte. They they announced it initially. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't materialized yet. Not sure why. Um, But, you know, five year warranty, less than 20 cents a gig. I mean, you know. How would you
2: compare this to like the uh, the BPX Pro, the
6: um, one terabyte? I, I have that's in the charts. I put that in the oh, charts. Okay. Um, it, it's Sorry. it is it is behind the BPX Pro, um, because BPX Pro was surprisingly good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, for with the
2: new or the old firmware? <laughs> uh, this is this
6: is actually the old firmware. Um, ah. I I did I retested BPX Pro with the new firmware and the differences. For our suite, the way our suite does the testing, differences weren't enough to even justify doing, like, another write-up on it. It really uh-huh. wasn't um, – the way we test, it wasn't really a big difference, which probably translates to if you were just worried about the actual experience of using it, that firmware update was probably not a large difference. I think it really – I think it mostly helped with, you know, your, cases. Your, your crystal disk marks, synthetics, and stuff like that. I think that's what they were, you know uh-huh. – and now I, I don't, you know – I don't feel personally that those really short tests that are run most of the time on a, on a otherwise empty brand new SSD, you know, I don't think that really paints the whole picture, right? Like our suite actually puts some information on the drive and fills it up and redoes the test at multiple points and does all these weighted averages and stuff. So it tries to get, you know, a more realistic picture of, of the feel of the thing. Right. Um, you know, so
2: yeah, gotcha.
6: Yeah. So, yeah, BPX Pro does beat it, Um, you know, but potentially you might find this for uh, possibly significantly cheaper than even the BPX Pro pricing, which was already pretty low. So, good on them.
4: All right. well, Moving uh, along. Yeah, let's go on. We got a bunch of GPU and graphics card-related news in the last week. Uh, First up, we've got some rumors about the impending launch of mobile turing rtx mobile uh specifically uh information about two parts the rtx 2060 and rtx 2070 max q mobile parts uh, and i, I think uh, ken you were following this news a little bit no you weren't okay
3: <laughs> you, you don't follow tom AppySack. That, that, that was a definite no okay. i will say this, all this of the- tom oh. AppySack or api sack as i pronounce it no he's got uh, an AppySack oh okay. Oh. he has an incredible he's, track record <laughs> he he's all over the place i think three of our news stories were yes. eventually yeah. like sourced yes. from him this mm-hmm. week he has a hell of a track record for the past couple of years so that being said
4: well uh, that being said we've uh we've got what what it is and uh, what the the rumors are and uh it's mobile turn. they are yeah.
3: just rumors. yeah yeah, yeah. We actually because we've been seeing stuff about the two the 2060 whether it was a gtx or rtx since the summer and then there were leaked screenshots and then like be, the performance level was lower on one of them i think the final fantasy 15 one and then it's like oh that might be the mobile variant so it's so kind of uh not especially clear at this point exactly what's going on
4: Yeah. And with the Final Fantasy benchmark, wasn't it just that it was published? I mean, it wasn't even a a rumor. It was just they published a chart that listed an RTX 2060?
3: That I'm not sure about because the Mm -hmm. image is a complete chart. So it came from somewhere. It's the same Twitter user leaked the image.
0: Yeah. All
4: right. Well, uh, I mean, does anybody have any thoughts on this stuff?
3: Seems pretty inevitable. I mean, you can yeah, probably,
4: I mean, you can probably
2: roll
6: into the next news post while we're
4: yeah, talking about it. It's not unexpected. It. And, and, of course.
2: It's inevitably inevitable.
4: <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> absolutely related to, uh, well, I guess, uh, kind or, of, did we right. take this off the rundown? Uh, no, yeah, I, think I just combined them in one. Oh, okay. So, also, we've got the Desktop 2060,
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, RTX 2060. Again, not unexpected. Uh, with this one, we have some. Uh, benchmark results, or alleged benchmark results. Okay, this was the one. It was the Desktop Yeah, that's that chart. Yeah, that had the and chart. And if you look
3: at oh. this chart, it, it has it below the GTX 1070, but the expected performance... Uh, from other benchmarks and rumors, was that it was going to be closer to a 1080, somewhere between a 1070 and 80. So it just looks like that might have been a mobile part, or else who knows? Like different clocks. Yeah, that doesn't suggest that, mobile. That does look
6: more like a mobile result in there. Yeah, but.
7: and I finally know how well Quadros play. I mean, you don't usually see them. On it it doesn't, yeah. Who like doesn't, a, doesn't
3: use a Quadro M6000 to play Final Fantasy 15?
0: Yeah, 24
3: gigabytes of uh, frame buffer that's
1: impressive a a 2060 that's faster than a vega 56 and a radeon pro vega 64 would be very impressive so Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think it's a mobile part Mm. okay judging by that like it's it's in theory like pretty on par with a vega 64 which would be Mm -hmm. what 1080 level just judging yeah, by which how is why we've it's in the whole like
3: a little odd that the ten seventy sits so high up. The yeah, the yeah. scores in general are maybe that's an overclocked ten seventy.
5: Maybe. And why is the fifty six higher than a sixty four? There's a lot wrong because
3: here. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot no, happening. I don't here. like this chart. Destroy it. Yeah, get oh. it, get it, get it. there's <laughs> just a lot of questions there. <laughs> Destroyed. I'm mean, sorry, AppyStack.
1: The Final Fantasy 15 benchmark is bad, mm-hmm. and its scores are bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's kind of the answer to that. And it should I mean, feel bad. It should I mean, feel bad. Should feel bad. I, mean, I
6: would imagine that your Max Q stuff is probably going to fall proportionally, roughly where the you know 10 series stuff fell, right? Compared to, in, in you the
1: know, 10 series, the Max Q, like the Max Q, the 1080 Max Q was about a 1070, right? right. Like it, so, it went down a tier. Right. So you
6: probably you know go down a step for the 2080 stuff. Right or the 20 series stuff. Sorry, right. Uh, and then, you know, the 2060 is probably going to be proportionally similar to the other the higher tiers, like a uh, 1060 was. You know, it's it'll be a higher step because it's the 20 series part, so it's you know kind of faster across the board. But you know, it's probably going to be this rough proportion thing. You know, if if history has anything to say about it, right, it's probably going to be the same kind of thing. So. I mean, I know these are all rumors, but they're probably safe rumors, just the way that they look. Really, yeah. They're kind of expected. Yeah, right. No
4: surprises. Yeah. Uh, But uh, looking at the other side of the pond, uh, their
1: pond aisle
4: industry benchmark. I don't know.
1: Going to talk about ARM now. Uh, Other side of the pond.
4: No, uh, AMD is going to have their mobile parts. Their three thousand series Ryzen APUs, uh, and we've got some some uh, potential uh, details on those as well. Hey, um, who's
3: the source for this
1: uh, <laughs> leak? Uh, I read it on Twitter. Well, mm-hmm. AP,
4: AP Sack is back, but I'm sure somebody uh, it, else has some comments It's Interestingly enough,
1: the first leak I remember from him, because he, he does have a very good track record, and don't get me wrong, especially in this stuff, was the original mobile APUs, like the 2500U and stuff like that. Hmm. So, you know, here we go again. All right. Well, you better be right. or This is going to turn into one
4: inaccurate podcast. Turn into continue yeah, yes. so. <laughs> its <laughs> descent.
5: So this is a three thousand part series on a Zen plus architecture.
1: Yeah, the APUs are a generation behind. So the first APUs are Ryzen two thousand series. Okay, built on original Zen with Vega graphics.
4: And uh, and then this this leak had some Geekbench scores, alleged Geek uh, Geekbench scores. Um, so you look at it, compared to. Uh, the i5 8359U and uh, you we're kind of where it's the continuing saga of Intel versus AMD. You've got lower single threaded performance, uh, but uh, better graphics. Significantly better. Yeah, significantly graphic. better. It lowers, in fact, lower single threaded and multi threaded, at least according to this this test. But yeah, the graphics really take the cake.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's going to be so interesting to see what happens when Intel integrated graphics go to what was it like 64 EUs
4: for the Gen 11.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be another year, but it'll be interesting to see in comparison to an APU in a mobile device, although I'm pretty sure Ryzen's still going to have the edge in raw graphics power. Yep. We shall see.
4: Yep. So just a, a trio of rumors that, again, none of them are All expecting. sorts of
3: rumors. I love reporting on rumors. <laughs> uh, How do you feel about speculation? I, I invite conjecture. readers to speculate. I just, hey, I'm yep. just here to report the rumors. Well, and I'm, you can speculate. I'm not going <laughs> to speculate. I don't editorialize. I just report just the potential facts and nothing else (laughs) just the theories the unverified information the stuff that manufacturers don't necessarily want me to say Uh but somebody else said it and it was published and therefore i feel like i can say it because in your own special way all
4: right Yeah. yeah yeah maybe it's just me but the outfit and the slight rhyme at the end this that looked like the worst dr seuss story (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> what what are you saying this this is a fashionable scarf it
4: is uh, the top seller in whoville
3: i would not could not in, here. in disguise
4: <laughs> oh man all right well let's talk about something that's not a rumor a release that uh came out just after the podcast last last week in fact i stayed here all night editing the podcast and had to prepare this uh article uh, in the morning so Uh, it's the update to AMD's yearly Radeon software driver package. Um, you know, they've adopted for the last, has it been what, four years now?
1: I think so. Um,
4: they do a big update once a year. Um, and they've got some adding
2: big features and
1: yeah. yeah
4: and and this year I was so when I was being briefed on this and they told me the name up front I was like oh this is going to be kind of disappointing because they didn't even give it its own name they had all these cool names in the past and last year they were they called it Adrenaline and then this year they said it's Adrenaline 2019 Edition sad trombone. Oh. Uh, but there's actually do, some do, cool do, do, stuff do. in here. I don't know what the reason behind the naming was, but I think
1: they might just write out names. They are trying to figure out different words for the color red. And yeah. that's
4: difficult. That's, yeah. Someone,
1: there's a lot of breeder
7: roses out there. They could have picked a different <laughs> one.
4: Yeah. But uh, they,
6: there's
3: a blood Radeon blood.
4: Radion yeah. hopping mad driver. <laughs> just go for it. But Radeon uh, smack.
7: Radion rage. No, wait, that's what no, no, no.
4: Somebody get Scott it, yeah. Watson sure. on the phone. We'll get we'll get him Black some ideas. Black tar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. No, anyway, no. Uh, so there's a ton of features in this driver. Uh, I picked out some of the things that I thought were impressive, and including the expected performance improvements. But there, you know, we get those with drivers from most manufacturers. They tout better performance in key games. AMD's got a big uh, improvement this year compared to the the 2018 or I guess 20. 17 driver Um, and that's uh, gains of an average of 15% across. Now they gave, they called it the top games and they they, did pick out some popular titles and they based their testing on an RX 570. So a nice, you know, attainable card a price point that a lot of gamers will be affected by. And you're getting performance ranging from uh, 39% in battlefield five, 15% in tomb Raider, 11% in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, 24% in star control origins, so a lot of improvements there in performance just from the the new drivers and then this year too they're introducing because i guess everybody's doing this game streaming so just like uh steam link and geforce uh now and uh, i guess not geforce now geforce um
6: what's the one that where you stream the streaming? local
4: the home geforce it's from streaming from your pc to similar device locally. What's that called again? I, I forgot that.
1: Uh, I, I think it's still GeForce now. now. Okay. I think they're yeah. both on the same no. brand, which is confusing.
4: But uh, basically, you install the driver. Uh, you, as long as you've got a compatible uh, AMD GPU, you download the AMD Link app, which is it's an app that's been out for a while, but they've updated it to support this new driver. And you can stream uh, right from your PC uh, games as well as just the desktop. Um, I think the only
6: issue they'll run into is just their latency might be higher on some of these devices that you're you know trying to stream to.
4: Uh I mean there there, there could be some limitations there but they they mentioned uh that they really have tuned in a unique way their latency.
6: Yeah,
5: yeah, I'm and sure that I'm sure that was a priority. They
4: they didn't provide any um specific competitors and I haven't been able to test this yet personally. Right. But they said up to 44% faster responsiveness than other gaming solutions, game streaming solutions. Uh, and they were really they're really uh, strong on that point. So okay. I assume that there's something there. Maybe it's not 44%, but uh, um, something to try. And it's it, it's interesting. The one thing I was uh, curious about that they couldn't answer for me was, I know Apple has had some issues with iOS and Steam Link mm-hmm. because they don't want you buying games through your computer right? because they don't get their cut. And they've come to a – resolution there where you you don't buy the game through the Steam Link when you're streaming to an iOS device. So I wonder, because they also said they were touting, well, you can just go to your desktop, watch movies, do whatever, productivity. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to play out. But, yeah,
1: uh, I think it's probably a general enough thing that isn't going to necessarily be on Apple's radar in the same way. Because, like, they don't ban... Remote desktop or VNC apps from the app store. Right. I don't think, well, there was some question
4: so. about that. I mean, and I guess there the was the big picture interface, which
1: we made it easy caused, to buy games. Yeah, that yeah. caused
4: that to become an issue. But something to look at there. Uh, also, for the relive streaming stuff, um, they've got new features for putting in instant replays and sharing your, uh, your your game clips. They've got a new feature where you can quickly build a, a, a GIF of uh, of what just happened and instantly share it out right with them within the, the streaming software. Huh. So you don't need to to do anything to share your epic gaming achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got their their game advisor. This is not uh, new, but uh, it's, or I'm sorry, the overlays aren't new, but in these overlays that they have, which run optionally on top of the game while you're playing it, they've got these new advisors, which give you real time information on frame uh, uh, frame rates and, and uh, latency and recommend again, optionally, you don't have to use this, but they're taking real time measurements and m- recommending changes to meet what you say is important to you. So you can say, I want best performance, never lower than 60 frames per second, mm-hmm. or I want best visuals. And, and, and unlike GeForce Experience, where you do that sort of before you launch the game in the GeForce Experience app, this is happening overlaid on your game, and it's changing dynamically. So if you're playing an open-world game, you go into a, an open world with a, the demands on the processor more You can recommend different settings to make sure you keep the experience you want. So it's interesting. Again, not sure how this will work with every title and in the long term, but uh, definitely great for novices and even some power users who kind of want to get real-time feedback about the performance of their setup. That's something something to look for. Uh, And there's, again, a ton of stuff. Uh, The last thing I'll touch on here just to keep us moving along is they've got FreeSync HDR 2 improvements, including tone mapping because one of the things that we've noticed and everyone seems to have noticed mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate is that this initial crop of HDR monitors aren't really HDR mm-hmm. it's like Ken's mission we've Ryan put so many HDR fake HDR displays in front of him i thought he was no. going to lose it uh, but uh so that that leaves an, a situation where a game has been coded to or, or or created and and toned to have a certain spec a certain quality a certain contrast whatever and you're, you've bought an HDR display, but it's not quite able to meet it. So they're going to tone map that in software with FreeSync, FreeSync 2, uh, to correctly display as, as best as possible. So you don't get those washed out areas. Uh-huh. You don't get those overly dark areas. And tone mapping with HDR, both in terms of gaming as well as just home theater, that's a, a big thing because we're in this transitional period where not everything is HDR and there's different HDR specs and making sure that you're still going to get a good experience and it's going to look as so close they're just to just as possible.
1: They're just going to tone map the HDR back down to SDR and go here. Uh,
4: <laughs> yep. <it> possibly.
1: <laughs> for for bad displays. Yeah, Congratulations. I mean, that would be kind of smart. extra on, that on the driver's side. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Having that done. So, because a lot of consumers are going to buy an H quote HDR and, monitor. And
1: flip on HDR yep. and be like, why, why is my Windows back?
4: desktop so dim? Yeah. Yeah. Um, other things like voice uh, – they've got voice control. It's a little gimmicky, I think. But you can, can link it to your phone and say, take a screenshot or whatever. So –
1: Overclock my GPU. Uh, Ruby, actually, make yes. Go faster.
4: <laughs> you can – you can uh, – actually, I don't think you can set a clock, but you can tell, have it report your clocks to you. Uh, but it's – it's anyway, it's free for supported uh, GPUs. Head over to the uh, AMD Radeon uh, website to download the software. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's interesting seeing you got NVIDIA's more regular updates. You've got AMD doing the one big yearly update. Um, it's interesting to see those two approaches. We'll see how Intel adopts something as they continue to develop their software side. Uh, but uh, uh, interesting. I think, I think a bigger feature set than the name implies, so to speak. The, uh, the cop-out on the name with just the, the 2019 edition. But... All right. Uh, Next up into news, we've got uh, story from Tim here. Uh, Intel planning Ghost Canyon. Okay, ten or X?
1: Nobody knows. (laughs) The roadmap.
4: Yeah. So, Ghost Canyon X. Probably Ghost Canyon X. I don't think
1: Intel generally pulls the X ten thing.
4: Yeah, Um, and so this is going to be their their Nook systems, which have been till now they've had different form factors.
1: I'm sorry. Sebastian, Sebastian opened a the live stream, stream on I'm trying his phone. to
3: see if the stream is actually working. It's not working uh, on the page, but it's working on the app. But uh, I was treated to a lovely ad first.
4: Oh, hmm. cool. Was it a good product?
3: Um, it okay. was a restaurant. I wasn't paying attention. Oh,
4: all right. Uh, I was
3: trying to hit the volume down button as fast as I could.
4: Okay. Uh, so the Nooks, uh, till now, they have had different form factors. We've had slightly taller ones that can take two-and-a-half-inch drives. We've had the, the gaming-focused ones that are wider- uh, and then we look like uh, from these rumors, there's going to have a an even larger uh, form factor that can accommodate discrete graphics as well as both M.2 and SATA storage. Well, I guess that's tech possible now on some of the models. But, when uh, is a Nook not a Nook? Well, yeah. that's a good All point. when it has
1: a PCIe yeah. 16 by slot. Nah, <laughs> that's still a Nook. Isn't it just kind of a ah. PC at that point?
3: I, I, think, I, just,
1: I think it's going to get taller. I don't think it's going to support full-length graphics cards, probably. Like, that just looks like a taller... Eh.
4: Well, it's hard to know the scale. Yeah, there. I guess yeah. it's difficult
3: to tell the scale. I, I can't well, imagine shoving a 1080 in, that, in there. Or are those not USB ports? That, that's an SD slot. But is it a yeah. micro or full-size? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, full size. it's
1: full-size. Yeah, had...
2: Those are USB slots in, in the front. Yeah. yeah, it looks like USB. But are they full-size
1: SD? But I think there's a USB-C.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because they're round, right? Hmm. Maybe it has an expansion slot, but it's only for, like, you know, controller cards or something. And you would not be able to put a... They put the skull on it. It's for gaming. (laughs) Is that a render? Is this a... What is this? Is this a real product?
4: Well, it looks like it was cut out of wherever the photo was taken so as not to implicate the person who took the photo.
3: Yeah.
0: But...
4: Oh, yeah, so, something. To, yeah, even, but, even if we start to get into a philosophical debate about what is a Nook, uh, it is you know something good to, to have in terms of a simpler yet still powerful kind of form factor.
1: It, it's a really good idea, I think, because you have people buying Nooks and laptops and using eGPU enclosures. What if you just combine that into one product, and you didn't have to buy two hundred fifty, three hundred dollar enclosure with your Nook,
4: and didn't have to have cables all over your desk? Yeah,
1: weird. If you just put the graphics card inside the computer. And you can save space and money.
4: The Man. graphics are in the computer. I know. <laughs> I know, right? All right, well, something to keep an eye on there. That's uh the
0: future of the Nook. All right. Next up we've got a um Did we take this off the list?
7: I- the ARS 10 stream waterforce hey, motherboard okay
4: well it's not on the not on the rundown but uh, this eh. is something tim found for us uh it's a uh, gigabytes uh flagship board that has some insane water clocking that's a water clock water cooling excuse me <laughs> yeah uh look at that yeah it, if if you're if, if you're listening um you got to find a picture of this check it out a pc per search for it it's so it's like edge
6: lit acrylic covered water blocks
5: Oh, it's uh, it says it's a monoblock.
6: Yeah. I that's, believe it. That's one? Holy crap. That's looks like it. So that's wha- impressive. So it'll be really amazing in, in that, and I forget uh what the new version of that coolant is, but there's a more s a more safe uh slash friendly version of that. Um stuff that has like Pearl View look. Is it view? Mm, that was the original version. Oh, there's like I think there's a newer mm. version of that coolant. Um, in other words, you can actually see it like moving. It mm-hmm. has like a really fine. That's the
1: last box. thing I trust in this system. Judging about how gunky the first one got and well, how no, difficult no, the, the that other,
6: block would be to clean. The other stuff doesn't
1: <laughs> like it doesn't do that anymore. It oh, they said the first mine. they said the first one didn't do it.
6: Yeah, uh, they actually fixed it now. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what imagine they imagine Trying
2: to clean that block. <laughs> what? Well, imagine you can. I, I would just use heavy water in that. It's got better
5: thermal <laughs> density. Yeah, true. <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll just pick up some heavy water from the corner. And the, the power is exactly. seen.
1: Just make your own.
7: It, it's got two eight-pin CPU power <laughs> connectors in addition to the usual twenty-four and a six-pin PCIe for extra PCIe power. Yes. It's, it's mad.
4: Uh, Ten gig net- networking as well. Um,
5: is the Nick water cooled too? No.
4: Well, I can't can't really tell. Maybe I
6: don't so know. So that so that block. I mean, it's just covering the CPU. For you, mm-hmm. and it's built in. Mm-hmm. That's just wow.
4: And it has RGBs. S. That's, that's that's or, kind of I a mean,
6: point, isn't it?
0: <laughs>
4: but oh, we don't know pricing.
7: The uh probably about six fifty, which is lower than I would have thought.
4: Uh, well, I mean, because the uh, the non the board that has equivalent features without the water block is what five fifty.
1: Yeah, so so then it's not, not another hundred bucks. No, I would imagine it's more, it's than, more, than, more than, than, than that. that. But
6: yeah. and I mean, a good water block costs you know, like a hundred bucks.
1: It's. I think I saw so. 850 going around for this board. Oh really? That it might it just was be. some ridiculous number for a Z390 board. That might just be like early gouging a little bit, maybe. Well, I mean, they're going to make 15 of these. Like this oh. isn't a high volume. Well, oh. I was being it and early, but like this isn't a high volume product. They're yeah. going to make maybe a thousand of these or something, right? Like they're not going to sell any of them. There'll be one you know,
6: or two at QuakeCon.
1: Yeah, like, you have to be a very special person to buy this motherboard.
5: So, side note on this, it looks like it has a very long one-piece O-ring that goes around the chamber there. Yeah. Yes. And screws to take it apart to clean it. Yep. That looks like a real pain in the ass to get back in there. It's probably in a groove. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's captive, but O-rings never want to go back in the groove, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, especially if
2: you, you know, leave it out overnight at under 32-degree weather. <laughs>
1: it's explosive. <laughs> I got uh, that reference. It's on Newegg for eight ninety nine. Oh, is it? Wow. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yo. yeah. Is there free shipping? No. Oh, okay. Five ninety nine. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs>
6: I had to pay sipping on that Ninja 4 that I just ordered on Sebastian's advice.
1: Oh, you mean the Ninja 4, nice. comma, popular in Japan?
6: Yes. The Ninja 4, comma,
1: <laughs> That's Pop- the popular, popular, popular in Japan. Japan.
3: That's unfortunate. Do you get that? Yeah.
0: Well. Mm. Hmm. I, mean, I okay, thought was free. I'm sorry. Moving
3: along.
4: Yeah, all right. Moving along. Josh is getting irritated. Whoa.
2: Yeah, so is Sebastian. <laughs> Look at that. He's, <laughs> he's covering up.
4: He's about to make some demands. <laughs>
2: Right, let's talk about JDEX
3: standards, yes, okay? Now us. they've updated you know, the man standard. You, you know, may for, have seen minute, news earlier this year. Sebastian, Who's talking? Stop, Who's talking? Who is stop. talking?
2: <laughs> this is Josh. Put your hat Josh. back on and the thing, and the thing, thing, and the, the thing? and the scarf up Put there. Put the hat on your thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Are you familiar with the Dungeon Master in the cartoon series Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's but a real orco going universe. on there too it's really good yeah all right anyway moving along JDEC,
3: hbm okay so if you've been following news i think it was earlier this year samsung's aqua bolt was announced oh it was way early this year january and it was samsung's uh higher speed implementation of hbm2 it was 2.4 2. gigabit per second per pin bandwidth 1.2 volt, and it had 307 gigabytes per second of bandwidth per stack and the stacks could be up to uh i think eight high eight that's, ic's that's now this basically takes that samsung Aquabolt rolls it into the official standard, but increases the TSV stacks up to 12 as the limit, which allows up to 24 gigabytes per stack. So we're talking about the potential for extremely dense, very tall stacks and products with 24 gigabytes of very high bandwidth memory. Where the previous limit was only 8 gigabytes. Yeah.
1: Our chips are just so, getting taller and taller and taller as the weeks oh, progress. True.
6: It's going to get to the point where there's like this little small PCB on the end of this brick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll just go back to slackets. <laughs> yeah. Please no. I imagine that a 12 high stack would uh, create some potential cooling issues, right? Like oh, even though it's yeah. just DRAM.
6: Maybe. If you make them thin enough...
1: Like, well, you've got those TSVs to conduct heat through. Yeah, there is an
6: awful lot oh. of uh, uh,
1: metal going <laughs> through.
6: <laughs> and I mean, you could you could get away with making the TSVs even like larger, not for the sake of like you're trying to shrink everything, but you can make them larger in order to try to help have there be more metal conducting heat through the through the part. Possibly
7: put some air holes through there to blow air cooling through. Ooh, Ooh. speed holes.
0: Yeah. Got to have speed.
6: Little, little mini, uh, you know, 10-millimeter fan. You
3: know it. On there. <laughs> <laughs> well, who needs it when you have a, runs, uh, a water block it. over half of your motherboard? It runs <laughs> fast. Ooh. It yes. runs it to the
6: HBM. It runs so fast, you don't hear it, but your dog sits there howling at the door.
5: <laughs> what was it they used in the crays, like the Cray 1, Cray 2, for the water cooling loop? It wasn't It wasn't water, but it was some... Oh, uh foreigner... Was a fluorinert they used yeah, there? I'm sure. Where they just ran it over the chips. Yeah, it was just like a
6: waterfall. No just... water box because you just pour the coolant over the yep. chips because yep. it's able to which, handle which it. Which almost cost more than the chips did. Yeah, the fluorinert's like 600 bucks a gallon.
5: Worth oh, it. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah it is, it's kind of up there.
5: Yeah. So, yeah, Intel 12th generation chips, fluorinert loops. Calling it right now. Sweet. All right.
4: Uh, last uh, story of the day. Uh, some. Not negative developments out of Windows ten fair, yeah, isn't
3: that odd?
2: yeah it's the, it's the Windows sandbox where the cats go and play Oh yep. yeah,
3: play play, yeah, yeah they play <laughs> <laughs> I mean if they're hey, Josh, if they're playing in it, there might be something wrong with your cats. They're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I used to own a cat that would always sleep in the water. Oh yeah.
6: Uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it kept the litter box you, very did clean. Did you bathe this cat no, the, on a regular the, basis? The litter box was naturally uh, very clean because it was sleeping in the litter but not
4: going. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah.
6: So it just yeah. didn't.
4: I see. So it, yeah, it pissed on your
3: shoes and slept everywhere on the box. else. Okay. Yeah, everywhere other than yep. the
6: litter. Basically, gotcha. yeah. we didn't have that cat for very long.
3: Have well, you ever slept on litter yourself? I mean, yes, because my cat loves bringing it into bed with me. I
6: mean, you could sleep on like a beanbag chair; it'd be kind of the same, I guess. For my
7: <laughs>
3: yeah, like it's, it's all the support you need in all the places you need it. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Form-fitting, it adjusts yeah. as you roll overnight. I'm Memory gonna, foam, and you'd smell like pine trees. It's gonna go buy fifty things. Plus, of litter I mean, and if you have
3: bed. an accident while you're sleeping, as some adults it's may, it's not a problem. May may not a, long so long not a problem. You have to go there. Then you don't have to worry about cleanup because the litter is absorbing it. And then just roll over. Look, if your
4: standards are low enough, you just don't have to worry about cleanup, regardless of what you're sleeping on.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's it's getting kind of dark. This now, feature, Jim, but okay. This yeah. feature. oh,
4: okay, yeah, yeah. I am the one who took it too far.
3: <laughs> <laughs> always, Jim. Look, we don't want to hear about you rolling around in your own filth. Uh, no, if only, if disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim. All right. Just yeah. because I pee out into my litter box bed. I mean, that's 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 sanitary because I changed the litter. Yeah, which sounds right. I agree. perfectly normal. That, that, that I've does, got odor
1: neutralizing crystals.
4: That does sound uh, preferable to my situation. But what? if you don't want to infect your PC with any dirty, what is the urine equivalent of a computer malicious code? Uh,
7: Windows updates. <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> which, okay. unfortunately, you cannot sandbox.
4: Uh, right, yes. That would uh,
7: actually make sense. Ra- raise,
3: <laughs> raise your hand if you use a VM of the same or maybe a generation older operating system pretty much for this purpose already i have a vm of windows 8.1 inside of my windows 8.1 machine that i simply Honestly, use nobody to nobody? do Nobody's something already already in you
4: it? raise your hand i thought it was rhetorical <laughs> i just well,
1: no. I, I just run it in production let's explain yeah, what, what go wrong. The this, this is run it in production. <laughs> like, like what what is like if i'm
3: looking for an obscure file or find some supposed like old game or something like is this executable really what it says just it is? Run it. Sometimes What's it's running it's not uh how about eighty uh short like shortcuts all over my desktop and two toolbars and a new home page
4: isn't that the worst feeling when you see a command prompt just quickly flash open on the screen and then Go, oh part. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then it's too late but once, oh. well, so this
6: is this yeah. is a bit more interesting though because like okay so say you had that Windows VM within your Windows machine like that's a thing that you constantly got to update. You constantly got to like, right? It looks like this is just spinning off a version uh, yes. of the same stuff that you already have installed. It's just like just running another Windows. Just just do another one like it, in a window, it, right? It, like this oh. is
5: cubes for Win32, win sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, like yeah. you've got all you got Doing all the DLLs there.
6: You've got all the other stuff there. Just just kind of spin off another another process and just uh, make another instance of the operating system of stripped down one,
3: obviously. Uh, you no, know, you know, in their list of features, they say that it's pristine every time Windows Sandbox runs. It's as clean as a brand new installation of Windows. Just so maybe like it really is. You went like ahead and
2: it. scooped all the cat litter out, and it was a finely smelling, a fresh layer of, cat of clay and sand <laughs> that you could lay and roll around in without getting any of the bacteria that is inhabiting the non-clump spaces.
4: That, you know, Although it being Windows the 10, there'll be a couple
2: of, of bits so you can box. never properly
7: get out.
4: Somebody get Chris Cabosella on the line. We've got the latest Windows 10 marketing strategy.
2: Okay. Clean as a litter box. <laughs> clean as a <the> litter box. <laughs> clean as a freshly cleaned litter box. Oh, no. Yes. So, uh,
4: yeah, something that's going to be uh, very helpful. I mean, the one thing, though, is it's coming to Pro and Enterprise.
3: Not coming yes, at home not 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 you lowly home users I mean okay it's a professional level level option yeah. it reminds me of when windows uh was it Windows seven professional gave you the option for a Windows XP virtual machine as part yep. of the mm-hmm. OS that was for yep.
6: that was for backwards compatibility yeah
3: that was and like it was to, super
6: effective. Well, I mean, nobody really used it because I mean it just kind of most of the stuff just kind of like worked if I recall, I don't think there was really that much compatibility issues there printers i, I had a couple
2: but yeah mostly shit just broke yeah i thought
6: there was like yeah. driver stuff that it was like the stuff that broke mostly the vm didn't really help you
3: <laughs> well in my experience at least yeah i think you know what i mean like there well, some, other than vista if if we ever you know i'm sure some people actually ran vista willingly did. but I Windows if you didn't have 7 bad was for hardware. a lot of people their first experience with a 64 bit OS, too, unless they were like one of the fringe users of XP 64 bit. Alan. I hey, was. It was a great operating I, no.
6: I was on XP 64 all the way through this until yeah.
1: last
2: tuesday yeah. that was that was No, no,
3: a beautiful last <laughs> I just no, no. he's doing that point of sale uh registry hack yeah. to get <laughs> uh, continued security support. updates until next year yes, you know yes, i don't exactly. think that
1: works for the 64-bit No, <laughs> oh,
0: oh,
3: i don't
6: think so i don't think so i, I think that is long and unsupported
1: Oh, boy. It's
3: unsupported when it came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's why it's so safe to run. Nothing runs on it. True. Not even a virus. Hey hey, 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 Far Cry 64 ran on it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Needed mm. that memory, too. I did
6: run yeah. that for an embarrassingly long time after.
7: I can't I remember all the. XB64. Oh, I think I retired In... my box just a couple of months ago.
6: Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember all the workarounds I was doing to, to get various things to, to work properly. Those were the days. Yeah,
1: yeah the days those. when you had to do workarounds to Windows to get stuff to work properly. Yeah, those are gone. <laughs> those are gone. <laughs> oh, <man.
3: laughs> you, you, you had to do all of sorts Windows, of weird shit in Linux back the then, too. Windows yeah. sandbox apparently yeah, is able to pass too. through hardware calls to your actual <laughs> GPU. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to continue this story, but, oh, you
4: know. Okay, well.
3: And then it was, it was also originally reported that this was, this was going to be showing up in insider builds as early as next week. And then that was taken off like Mary Jo Foley reported it. And then the blog post was apparently revised and it's not coming until next year. So this is something we will see next year at some point.
4: All right. All right. And we'll see how many other problems they can introduce before, before then, if we are still running, working windows 10
2: by the time this hits. Mm
4: -hmm. All right. uh, Josh and Jeremy, did you have picks of the week you want to throw in there real quick?
2: I, I huh? did throw them in there.
4: What I am are you not saying anything about for Willis. You. Unless, did Google crash?
2: Yeah, Google I must have crashed. Crash. Crash. So I'm working the
7: at
4: them. Right oh, there. Well, okay. Well, I had to force refresh it. It's not my ball. fault.
6: I wasn't an Thanks, advantage because ball. I rebooted my laptop three times during this podcast. Yeah. So I have an up to date copy.
5: Ooh, I like Jeremy's pick. Oh. Ooh. It's pretty.
4: All right. Um, and shiny. I think I got that in the right order. We'll figure it out. All right, so I'll do my pick real quick. Um, I've mentioned this before at various points, but uh, if you're not familiar with the Computer Chronicles, it was a PBS-produced show. Uh, I think it was. It started in, like, 82 or 83, early 80s. Who was the
6: guy that was always that?
4: Stuart Chaffee was the host, and initially his co-host was Gary Kildall of Digital Research. Oh, uh, yeah. The guy who got screwed over by Bill Gates. And, yeah. Uh, ended
3: up- was he the CPM guy?
4: Yeah. Yep. A a a tragedy, because you can see him in these early shows. He was smart. I mean, not that Bill Gates is not smart, but he was smart. He was uh, engaging. He knew what he was talking about. Yeah, Yeah. he had a a true, genuine passion for this stuff. And not not only on the technical side, but a lot of times they talked about the emerging consumer electronic market. And he would show a lot of uh, genuine interest in that as well. And he unfortunately uh, never recovered from having his company screwed over by Microsoft and uh, IBM. Not many do. Right, yeah.
6: Look at this. Computer, I don't know if it's going to show up in the same place. Computer Chronicles, Beginner's Guide to PCs. Yeah. On the left there. Look at that. Look at that lovely and PCB. From, uh, oh, that's that's a video card. From 1993.
4: I what think I owned episode? that video card. But mm. there's, it was a weekly show. There's hundreds of episodes. And if you get into binging them, you kind of time travel from the earliest days of the personal computer to the show when it ended in about two thousand two, or two thousand three. <laughs> so I got the Bill Gates profile one right next to it. Like that'd
7: probably be an interesting. So it worried about that. Looks a bit like Dreamweaver. I, I think that is Dreamweaver.
6: <laughs> I was just wondering that. It's like is that Dreamweaver? Oh man!
4: But uh, it's like so,
6: it's like those were the tapes. Like it's yeah. like they're it's like they just you know digitized the old tapes. It's like did. the beginning uh, of the episode shows the episode number.
4: Yep. They 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 well because they, they would release the tapes. You could buy the tapes. Uh, yeah. Individually for like twenty five bucks a pop. Back in the day. Uh but somebody a year a couple years ago digitized them, uploaded them. Um I was trying to catalog them for our Plex server and we're, we're missing a few, but it there's mostly oh, Of course there. you're doing yeah. that. <laughs> you <laughs> see, some
3: people share illicit content through Plex servers. We share the computer chronicle. That's yes. true. Yeah. I I would watch this off of Jim's Plex server.
4: And uh oh, oh, check can out you that, upload that you
6: don't see in four K one as well?
4: Well that's that's a different uh different channel. But um but, uh, yeah, so if, if, you, if you have an interest in this stuff, if you have an appreciation, what, what are we laughing at?
5: The uh, the V-hold on the uh, the old tape, the oh, tracking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the tracking. <laughs> so,
4: some of them are – some of the, the videos are better than others. Some have kind of messed up audio. Sometimes there's tracking issues. Well, the tapes but, are like you they're know, decades old. They're watchable, right? and, and you, you go through the whole history of personal computing up until wow. 2003, and it's you're gonna, you're going to binge it, and you're going to – I mean – I loved it. I still yeah, go back to watch these things. Uh, and it's super interesting. They so didn't check.
6: have seasons of this. They just kept going.
4: Uh, nope. There are seasons. I mean, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a, a classification for the for oh. the episode ordering and, and
6: stuff. but They were probably doing a good number of episodes per
4: year. It's imagine. a Model M when it was new. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, check that out. Again, That's the, good stuff. The, the Computer Chronicles on YouTube. Um, it's It's an unofficial channel. But uh, it's linked to an archive.org upload archiving project. So uh, you, you, you'll find it. Just search Computer Chronicles. And oh, and those videos are
6: also there, I would imagine. Yes, yeah, so the YouTube
4: is mm-hmm. a mirror of what was uploaded from the original tapes to archive.org. All right. Uh, next up is Jeremy with a, a pick uh, related to something we talked about on the show today. Yeah, well, I, I thought, oh,
7: hey, Ninja 4 deals. That's awesome. And apparently those deals do not expand to Canada in fact wow. they were ridiculously expensive
4: well you get but healthcare
7: so. this popped up uh, which is an amazing equivalent and 25% off so if you've got uh, the normal size type processor uh, as opposed to the thread ripper size the U14S is gotta be one of the better air coolers in the market right now cost you a little bit uh, and as Sebastian mentioned the uh, mounting mechanism might not be your favorite I kind of like them but this thing is powerful, and it's just stupidly quiet. So if you're shopping, and I wouldn't stick it in a stocking, because it will tear through that stocking. It doesn't <laughs> <Just> shred <laughs> anything. Those are, those
4: are sharp edges. Are those the
6: ones we, those are ones we use here, like all over yeah. the place? Yeah. yeah. We have those all over the office.
0: They're good. So are looking for sink, They're really good quiet. deal up here.
6: Yeah.
4: All right. Next up is Josh.
2: Okay, well, you know what? I uh, I upgraded my mouse uh, from the G502 to the new G502 Proteus Spectrum, I believe it is called. Uh-huh. It's got uh, it's got a new uh, new look to it. No, it's it's pretty much the same look. Got it, it's got more programmable. It's got a turntable. But it does have a new sensor in there as compared to the last. And it is now for 50 bucks. If you would have gotten it a couple of weeks ago, it was 36 bucks. But still, for 50 bucks, it's a great. And it, and and it has great a. We mouse. got
4: it right here. Well, that's the, the old version. The, that's the old version. I guess
6: the old version. The G502 Jim literally had in his hand. That looks like, that looks it. like nice.
4: the mouse in my hand.
6: Yep.
2: It is. It's a, it's a great mouse. Although, it feels although good. It, doesn't it, have it the, tracks uh, well. You can change colors. You do all kinds of things. Did the original one have the weights? Yes. Oh, yeah. They all have the weights, know, but this, this one has now. an improved sensor. And uh, you have a much larger uh, you know, spectrum of colors to do with the uh, with the logo. Ooh. Awesome.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: So what oh, did you set?
2: Ten bucks more up here. Did you set an adjustable
4: up. weight for yours?
2: Josh? Yeah, I put all the weights in because I like a heavy mouse. You know what I'm saying? But you want a strong wrist. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. to build up those muscles. Yeah. How do you uh, grip your
3: mouse, Josh?
2: Like, like a friendly stranger.
3: <laughs> I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> you like a claw grip? Do you use a palm grip? Do that's an maybe, maybe just fingers. use your yeah. other hand. Yeah, yeah that's, you gotta go that's with that's your non-dominant team.
6: hand. That's the friendly stranger. Sorry. <laughs> this will be the last show. <laughs> <laughs> Not Casper is
2: never Pepper. going to advertise with us again. What? Those, they're making beds. Man. Ooh, no.
3: speaking of, tonight's show is brought to you by... <laughs> Insert ad here. Josh-tech, Use Software yes. code
1: JoshTech 15 at checkout for 15% off. That's right. There All
4: right. Alan, what do you got for us?
6: Uh, my pick is something that there should be a review up for tomorrow. I was pretty impressed with it. Um, so like a year or two ago, we reviewed a thing called the rapid spar from a company called deep spar actually it's more than a year or two ago now man we were in the old the old old office it's like three or four years ago anyway there's a company that makes data recovery uh products and they're moving into more forensic products as well forensics is kind of a different animal because it's where you have to be able to make sure you're not just trying to recover data from the thing but you're just trying to basically make a a forensic image of it and as I learned back when I was in the Navy and we, I was at a place where we had to do like forensic stuff all the time, there would be like some compromised computer and we would get the hard drive from it and we'd have to make a forensic image of it, right? And maybe you needed law enforcement to look at it and you need to be able to prove to them that you only pass it through a thing called a write blocker, a device that will prevent the host from ever doing any writes to the, uh, you know, to the thing you're trying to read from. Well, this is a write blocker called the Gardonic's. I think that's how you pronounce that. It's from, uh, it's from uh, Rapid or the DeepSpar guys. Um, it's designed for USB devices. Uh, that is, be it a flash drive, all the way up to uh, certain um, USB-connected hard drive docks. Uh, I think they're, the chipsets they favor, I think, are the ones that are AsMedia. So, basically, a USB dock that you know is known to have an Asmedia chip in it. Um, but the idea is, this is a device that sits in the middle, prevents the computer from doing any rights to the thing, but also, since it comes from guys that usually do data recovery, uh, it has some extra tricks up its sleeve in that, if you're trying to read from, say, a flaky USB drive on Windows, and it, it, Windows is only going to let it timeout a couple of times before, mm-hmm. before the drive just goes away, right? Uh, this thing is able to basically mimic the device you plug into it. So when you plug this into the computer, nothing nothing really much happens. Once you plug the, a USB device into it, be it a flash drive or a hard drive in a dock or anything like that, it can, like, once it mounts, uh, this black box is able to keep that connection persistent as far as Windows knows. Mm-hmm. So then if you start imaging from the thing, and say the, say it's a hard drive in a dock and it starts getting read errors and things like that, things that would normally time out, uh, this box can keep Windows satisfied while preventing Windows from doing any writes to that hard drive and letting you do the image without timeouts kind of wrecking your day. Um, and there's like two different versions of it. There's like a professional license for it, which lets you have more control over like other things. Like you can actually... Uh, Instead of just um, having the drive connect to the host in a way that you can't really browse the file system, you have to use like an imaging tool, some sort of imaging software. There's a pro version that lets you actually see the partitions and kind of dig through the drive and even do it in a way that like normally Windows would choke on, uh, on a drive that uh, was connected through a write blocker because Windows would try to do writes like Windows does writes to a, any hard drive you try to mount. Uh, So this thing's able to, like, fake the writes. Hmm. So when Windows says, hey, I want to write some update to the master file table on this drive, and the, the guard, Cardonics thing is just like, okay, yeah, I wrote it. And meanwhile, it just black-holed it, right? So that the drive is still connected, and but yep. you're only reading from it. So that's cool, too, right? So um, this way your litter box remains clean. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, But the, the other cool thing is that through not just this box connected to a USB device, but... Uh, a USB dock with an AsMedia chip in it, this little guy is able to send resets to the drive, similar to what the RapidSpar did. It's able to send resets over USB to cause the AsMedia controller to reset. So if you had a hard disk that was going to take a minute to time out on a bad sector, this can actually issue a hardware reset through USB, even through a dock. Uh, So in other words, that gives you control somewhat over how fast those resets happen and if you're not that worried about ever getting every single last sector off of the disc you just want to try to get through the bad spots and get to the good stuff before the hard drive dies completely you can turn that timeout really pretty low so it just waits a couple of seconds on each bad sector and then moves on to the next one um pr- really cool stuff especially also it's a write blocker and also it's usb3 because write blockers for the longest time were lagging way behind on other stuff so you'd have to deal with like usb2 trying to image a two terabyte hard drive and that's like even if there were no bad sectors maybe the hard drive would just die of old age by the mm-hmm. time you were done with the image right and just take forever so really cool stuff sounds these guys. expensive uh i think it's like it's like 300 or 350 or something yeah. for this box but and realize- also, they need
4: to update their certificate for their store
6: oh yeah that um so it's 350 if you want the pro version you have to add even more than that like another 400 bucks but realize this is not so much meant for just any average person to just pick up right it's meant for like an actual forensic shop so and that's unfortunately that's like the price points you're gonna spend like a good write blocker costs you like 300 bucks so this one's a good write blocker oh and also you know has these extra features that lets you get through uh you know, bad sectors, and it keeps a detailed log of all that stuff. So then you'd add that to your report, you know, if you were trying to, you know, have some sort of forensic report that you were providing back to some agency or some company or something, right? Sure. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And uh, I plugged a few hard drives into the dock that was connected to it. And I mean, I confirmed that this is not a bottleneck. Like it's going to go pretty much, you can go full speed USB 3. So pretty much the hard drive is really the limit. Um, or the interface is the limit, which is good because usually uh, imaging things is is painful if you're trying to also block writes.
3: So I have a Samsung T3 external drive that randomly and frequently just drops from Windows, and then it shows back up again. And then it drops. It'll do it right in the middle of like I uh, can't remember if it does it on reads or writes, but it. Yeah. It sounds like that might be a power. Some sort of corruption thing. or something.
6: Yeah. But. Well, this. So one of the examples, there's like, a, there's like a video that they have if you dig around on their site. Um, but they even show while the imaging program is running on through this box to the hard drive that's in the dock, they pull the hard drive out of the dock while the imaging process is going. Mm. And then a few seconds later, plug it back in and it just picks it right back up from where it left off. And Windows huh. is none the mm. wiser. Right. Mm. You'd never be able to do that with any other thing I can think oh, of to okay. connect the, you know, connect the drive to the to the system. So that's that's pretty robust as far as uh, error handling. It's like it's like a Drobo. No, it's not even. <laughs> no. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but they're just, well, they're just showing yeah. like the initial plugging in it. But yeah, but they're just showing like, you know, your imaging drive and, you know, it's somewhere through that window, through that, uh, All right. through that video Who? they show it.
3: Who's right. next?
4: You are. Good sir.
6: Sebastian wants me to buy I, this thing.
3: I do. Because, uh, okay, if you're interested in... Is this partly my fault? Yeah. I linked to it a while ago. Yeah. You did. And then it dropped. It was 200 and then it was one, It's 170 currently. But this... Oh. I watched this with interest when it was first released. The Fio... I think it's Fio. I think of two I's as E because of the Wii... I guess, yeah. Fio. Anyway, this is the M7. It's a high-resolution, lossless music player, a digital audio player or DAP. This thing uses the ESS Saber. It's a twenty. Or I'm sorry, not a twenty. A ninety eighteen variant. What's interesting to me about this is I have a digital audio player that was considerably more than one hundred and sixty nine dollars that uses the exact same 9018 family of DAC chip. The difference between them uh is just like the uh power draw and the package, I believe. So they all have the same like is, native is it DSD the Onkyo support or the they Panasonic do... one.
2: What? Hmm? I thought Onkyo made one of these.
3: They do. Players yes. like this. They do. It's it's more expensive. Pioneer has one there's, there's yeah. a family of smaller players like this that use similar internals. This one's interesting to me because not only does it use the uh, 9018, which has extensive native support and true native like 441 and 48 kilohertz sample uh, capability. So it'll do like real 88.2, uh, which is something that you run into if you listen to like dsd rips are almost always twenty four eighty eight two. anyhow um not only does it have all of the basic like high-end playback capability but it also has like every wireless standard supported so it does ldac from sony it does aptx hd and regular aptx the regular sbc um bluetooth stack is supported i believe it also does aac I'm not sure though But pretty much anything can connect to this thing wirelessly and you can negotiate all the way up to like aptX HD if your device, like if your headset supports it. So, uh, and of course it also does wired. It has a built-in headphone amplifier. So I have not personally heard this yet, but I'm intrigued, especially because it's using a Samsung, it's the Exynos 7270. I had to bring this up because this is hilarious. The app that I have is powered, and I'm using air quotes, by a Cortex-A5 running at 625 megahertz. That is a single-core Cortex. That the thing is, is so great. slow.
0: Is he demonstrating running, how slow it well, is? Go ahead. <laughs> Was
3: that pause to demonstrate <laughs> just how slow? <laughs> That was the the Shatnerian uh, oh, interpretation of it, and yeah, my my like mine is running a 720p OLED screen on a s and it's got a, a a very polished looking UI and it can it runs at like five frames a second or something, so a much faster, more modern version. I don't I can't speak for the headphone amplifier in it, but if you're using wireless, then that's not relevant. So especially if you have some. Some people buy nice wireless headphones. I'm not naming any names. And then they use iPhones. Which means when they connect their iPhones to their nice wireless headphones, they're using AAC, which is fine. Sounds fine. Sounds better than SBC. Or but it doesn't sound as good as Aptex. Yeah. But you will never see Aptex on an iPhone for reasons that are probably obvious to people who follow the industry. Qualcomm. <clears throat> so, Yeah. I, like, I, I use a, a Samsung phone right now, and one of the great things about this is if I go to developer mode, I can just manually, on the fly, select whatever wireless codec I want. So if I'm listening to a headset that supports aptex, I can just go, uh, AAC, and I'll listen to AppTex. Okay, I'll go back to SBC, And you can, like, really, really hear the difference when you're hmm. flipping between them. So, anyway. Interesting. It's interesting. It's, it seems expensive for something that's a single-task you know, music, dedicated music player, and most people just want to use their phone, but
5: it's and very extensible. How much space does this thing have?
3: Oh, uh, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it SD. just uses micro SD cards. Most of these have limited internal storage. Yeah. How Mine has 64 this, gigs.
7: Yeah, how, how micro does SD cards up to 512 gigs, which yeah. is mm. a fair well, amount.
6: You'll spend more on that than you will on this player if you need that much <laughs> capacity.
2: Yeah, you can get sixty-four gigs for eight bucks now.
6: I mean, you get a decent amount of music, oh. even in like flack.
7: So, so you can like have five or six of them and call them your mixtapes, <laughs> swap them in and out.
5: We actually
3: you want really that... small ones for that retro? <laughs> yeah, I'm using oh, a uh, five hundred twelve megabyte micro SD card for my mixes, <laughs> my sixty-four K uh, MP3 files.
7: <laughs> Thick as a brick, disc one, disc two, and disc
6: three. <laughs> Actually, that SanDisk uh, Ultra 400 gig micro SD is only like 92 bucks. Huh. Nice. Mm, anyway. gig on a micro SD card.
4: Yep. All right, well... Let's end it there. Let's let people enjoy their holidays. Put as much distance between this train wreck and their magic, uh, magical <laughs> Christmas. No, this holiday this was hey, possible.
3: this was magic, Jim. Uh, yeah. It was
4: a f- kind of magic. Yeah,
3: there, there's something about these disjointed, uh, meandering, uh, litter-filled, long-winded. <laughs> All right,
2: cut his mic, John Denver-inspired. <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right, well uh like we said uh, that's that's the show and that'll be our last uh for the the calendar year uh we'll be off next week for christmas and we'll see you in the new year um uh sebastian and i will be out at ces uh so we'll be uh giving you updates uh from there as we check out the show and meet with all the tech and pc hardware companies uh, so we'll keep, uh, stay tuned there and then stay tuned for our plans for that extra life uh stream again that's pcpro.com/extra life Uh, to uh, donate. And we'd really appreciate that. Uh, Help do something awesome to end the year here. But uh, we hope everyone has a a safe, happy, wonderful uh, holiday and new year. And thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you next year.